Hey, I'm John. And I'm Nick. Welcome to Crafting Chills. This is a podcast where we dissect and analyse horror in all its gory glory. From the nuanced art of jump scares. To the psychology of being unsettled. Each episode we dive into the core elements of a spooky film and figure out what makes it creepy. So, settle in and make sure you switch your Ouija board to podcast mode as we figure out what goes into crafting chills. need to listen to like a conversation i don't know why i was just like i need to listen to a conversation um and i just realized that we never introduce ourselves or announce who we are i think we've done it in like two podcasts thus far it's just it's the most unnatural part of the entire experience for me i think because we have it in the intro anyway because it's like i'm john oh, and that's true, yeah. in the uh, intro yes, so it's like i think they kind of know who we are because it's in the intro that is fair yeah because i've listened to the intro so many times i just skip through it now but, yeah like it's because other yeah, podcasts says, i follow have i'm like... john and i'm nick so, yeah so yeah okay now I, mean, I, feel I, I think they can figure out which one of us is john and which one of us is nick i think can they, they can figure it out can they maybe mm. i've noticed you haven't got an easter egg imprinted on your head yet from... i do not um i i don't want to um uh, give the game away but i record those videos and upload them on different nights so Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, the that, was, that one was saved from last week um i, like I just thought it was really fitting because you were like wrapped in a blanket and i was like oh that's really fitting for what we're doing today yeah unrelated <laughs> yeah. totally unrelated unrelated um so this is going to be a fun episode i i believe um you know, if you're if you've clicked on the link, you know what movie we're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about Host, and you may just know Host as scientifically the scariest film ever. How Three years do you, running? How do you feel? Three years running. How do you feel about that title? I mean, for me, again, I think I. I mean, obviously, I watched it again today. It's like my fourth or fifth rewatch. And it still gets me. I mm. know what's coming. And it still makes me fucking jump and my heart rate is still going. So to me, I do think it's a fucking scary ass film, especially mm-hmm. watching it in the dark with your headphones on. It's like, yep, I feel it can take that title. I think okay. with that and Sinister at the top of the list, I mean, rightfully fucking so. Because, yeah, yeah those so are I- movies that you don't forget. I had to do a little bit of like looking just to go, okay, what does that actually mean? Because like the way it's presented is it is scientifically, you know. So it's uh, all about your heart rate. Yeah. So the science of this claim is that basically they took, I think it was 250 people and had them watch a hundred hours of horror films that were basically like IMDb's top, however many films, films Mm -hmm. that are just, um, regarded as being very scary and they took heart measurements from everyone watching throughout the film so they got a collective resting heart rate of like 64 beats per minute and host topped all of the films by going to 88 beats per minute and, for and that context, was the resting heart rate wasn't it yes yeah so not yeah. not scare not heart rate like, like yeah. Pipe, yeah spikes but like average heart rate taken yeah. um 
And for context, for relativity's sake, the in the top 10, the difference of that resting heart rate throughout the film is um, 88 for host and 80 is number 10, whatever film that was. Mm. So quite a significant difference, like eight heartbeats in a minute um, of just like, oh, I'm unsettled, you know, yeah, my heartbeat and, is and that's just that's just sitting there. That's like resting heart rate. That's mm. not like, oh, okay, the spookies are coming. The only, well, I mean, the only thing that I take a bit of contention with as far as the science is concerned is that this is a short film. Yes. Like, it's... So, the average is going to be distorted by this. Like, a mm-hmm. longer film will have moments of, like... You know, like, Hereditary's in there, and mm-hmm. that's a scary film, but it's got but, plenty of moments of, like, rest. Where yeah, you because it's just that last act where it goes... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So... It's one of those where I think when you when you understand what numbers or essentially how numbers can be misconstrued to fit a certain narrative. Mm. It's one of those where it's like, yeah, what they're saying is not not true, but but there might be some little bits here and there. Yeah, because this film, I mean, when you look at some of them, this film is literally like two, like double. Well, some of the movies on that list are double the length of this movie. So it's easy for this movie but then again in a way it's like this movie had to work extra hard to pack that punching because they're like we've only got 56 minutes to do this mm. so but and I, that yeah. and that is a very fair point as well because it is you know if this is 50 56 minutes of a runtime and then other films are two hours 40 or or whatever they are um if those films had you at a resting heart rate of 88 beats per minute for, you for would be three exhausted. hours, it would be fucking rubbish. It would not yeah. be nice. <laughs> no. Like, so it's, like, oh, great, yeah. you've made the scariest film ever. Everyone hates it. <laughs> <laughs> um, akin to being hmm. locked in a room if you're claustrophobic. Um, be like, yeah. yeah, technically, this is really scary. Am I having fun? No, I'm no. not. <laughs> <laughs> um Another thing that stands out to me is that in re-listening to the We Are Still Here podcast um, episode and the synopsis for that and being like, it's kind of like barbarian in that it's kind of difficult to to give up this quick synopsis. And I was just like, is that just my ability to tell the synopsis quickly? And they go, no, because host is some people have a seance over Zoom. That's yeah. it. It's a <laughs> sentence. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I go, okay, good. It's nice that sometimes it can be as simple as that. Yeah, <laughs> the spoiler exactly. Free when, synopsis. Yeah, because it's like sometimes you don't want to give like a like a more detailed synopsis either. You do want to keep it like because like we said yeah. with Barbarian, like some people go to a B and B, then like a, a woman turns up in an Airbnb and someone else is there. Like because you don't want to. You don't give want the game to away cause, explain cause, more, but yeah, exactly because we want to keep the spoiler-free synopsis, like because a lot of people like going into movies blind, so it's like you yeah. want to keep it just super yeah. short and sweet. But yeah, host is literally seance on Zoom. Yeah, a seance on Zoom, and um, yeah, I I didn't realize before watching it, but when you were talking about like the runtime being short, it was like, oh, it's because it's the length of a Zoom call. If you don't mm-hmm. have Zoom If you don't have premium, Pro, yeah, premium. Which I've got, which is why we're always fine for these podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that was flagging up every like 40 minutes. We'd yeah. be fucked. We'd oh, be on be the, the intro. Worst. It'd be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be on the intro. Um, so, I mean, that that is the spoiler-free synopsis. Uh, we've got like six to eight characters. 
Um, eight characters, I want to say. I'm sure that eight. there's... I there's think never there's really eight. more than six on screen at one time, but you've got two that kind of jump in and out. Well, you've got the six main girls, Salem, Ginny, mm-hmm. what's seven, um, eight, Ted? Alan, Teddy. Yeah, there's about there's about t- t- 10 or 11 people, yeah. I'd say. I mean, yeah. like Caroline's dad, we see for like two seconds. But yeah, yeah, I think there's about 11 people in this film at max. In in terms of the characters we follow, like you said, it's it's six girls that are our main um, cast, and we follow them literally over a Zoom call. That's that is it. There is no there is no leaving the Zoom window. Yeah. Um, that's that is what the film is doing. It is going. This is almost like a creative project of is it possible to make a horror film sticking to the restriction of all you will see is what happens on zoom yeah it's um it's almost like it's becoming a subdivision now in the found footage genre called a screen mm. cap screen capture film yeah so you've got movies like obviously host uh unfriended um searching as well yeah. and there's a new one coming out called missing which is in relation to searching so like i'm kind okay. of liking these like I, I like this screen capture thing i i really like it because like i really enjoyed unfriended as well but i prefer host host yeah. is like creme de la creme of this one for i me. i think it's clever sometimes i feel like it trips over itself in the same way that when you're watching a film or a tv series or something and someone has to use Google, but they don't use Google. They use like some they, weird other kind of search engine. And it's just like, it's kind of, it's as bare bones as, as an app could be. And you go, yeah, but nah. So a little detail that I really like about that. And I was going to bring it up, but you've already just beautifully gone into it. So Savage, uh, Rob Savage, the director, he actually got permission from Zoom to <laughs> film this, to use Zoom. Because he was like, I don't want to create. Yeah some fake thing that is going to take people out of the realism of this and mm. and they actually got permission to fully do this in zoom zoom were like yeah no we we want to see this done and they did fair enough yeah so, I, guess, I guess as well you don't want to go through that trouble of one creating a brand new interface for an app that might look a bit rubbish and has a stupid name or something yeah um, but also, you don't want to bring out a film that's got Zoom labelled everywhere and Zoom goes, uh, see you in court? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so they mm. definitely... Because I know Unfriended did the same as well because that one was held all over Skype. Mm. God, that seems like a bygone era now, yeah, Skype. <laughs> so. Yeah, poor Skype. You would have thought it would have had a second wind during uh, lockdown, but no. <laughs> yeah, no. Zoom and Teams came along, didn't it? Zoom yeah. Teams. Zoom Teams won the... Uh, the conference race and yeah they was, did what was that one like picnic or something i don't know it was like a fun social one it was rubbish um whatever no <laughs> it's lost to time now doesn't yeah. matter um so why don't you give some spoiler spoiler free thoughts on whether you enjoy this movie or not i i love this movie and i I honestly think that this was the best horror movie of 2020. Wow. In my opinion, I think it was the best horror movie in 2020. Um, okay. I watched, like, this was the movie, this was the reason I signed up to Shudder was because of this movie. Whoa. Um, I, I've always wanted Shudder, but, mm. I mean, it kind of, like, always slipped out of my mind when I heard people like, oh, like, because this is back when it was kind of bare bones and it wasn't, yeah, like, fully yeah. kind of done. 
The idea is good, um, but the sustenance isn't necessary. Though. Yeah, but host, because this is when they started pulling out the Shudder originals, and when they pulled this one out, everyone was like, "What? What?" And because yeah. this one went viral as well because of the, um, so because the whole reason this movie got made was because Rob Savage played a prank on his friends, who ironically are the cast of this movie. Ah. Um, he played a prank on them where it again it was done on zoom he was like oh i've heard weird things in the attic and he pulls a brilliant prank i've got it i'll have to send it to you and that's when they got the idea of like let's turn this into a movie like that but that prank went viral so hmm. it's like it, it had the same type of stuff as like skinner inc and the blair witch project like this thing going viral got the hype going up and yeah. i i think I it's feel, brilliant i, I honestly I, I love this movie i feel it's, like on a deeper level that is something that for you really elevates the enjoyment because it's yeah. it takes the horror out of just your an audience and it's a viewer like it, there's so much more to it like it i get i love mm. the idea that, of a horror film or a horror property or whatever it is kind of like seeping its way into other mediums and it's mm -hmm. like kind of like gets its tendrils into things like i think that's yeah. that's exciting and i love viral marketing when it's done right yes um, and this one was done so well and i mean any like every person i know who i've shown this movie to they've signed up to shudder after getting it because they're like oh if they produce if like if they distribute movies like this then i'm like well on board and it's just it's just so great because like we're going into found footage month and i mean we're covering some absolute titans when mm. it comes to found footage but this i just thought was an entry that deserved to be talked about like when mm. we were deciding which ones i was like for what this movie does with what it's got because of like the limitations of when it was filmed it was filmed during uh i believe it started filming in may no march or april in 2020 so we're like knees deep in lockdown mm. at this moment so the fact that they managed to pull this off and it's fucking terrifying it's so <laughs> scary like i i, I love it mm. and i mean the burning the burning thing on everyone's mind because john and his pre-podcast vagueness whenever he messages me what did you think what about your little spoiler free review the giggle isn't helping me um i didn't like it oh no i knew you wouldn't it was a swing and a miss for me i'm afraid uh, um but i'm excited to talk about why um okay. so i think without Further ado, I think we should mm -hmm. just well one one other point I want to make on to what you're saying about the the shudder um, um, original aspect of this. Very smart that to go with a original that does not have a big budget to be yeah. like let's create something that will get a lot of people talking. We can create something of substance without needing to go shit. This better work out for us, otherwise we're screwed. It's mm. like. I like that as a like as a shrewd business move. And again, I think it's important to go, you don't need a massive budget to do horror. Um, you know, it's not like, I know if someone was like, oh, I, I want to make Pacific Rim, but I've got 20 grand. It's like, well, it's, it's not going to be Guillermo del Toro, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I want to make a really ho scary horror film. I've got 20 grand. Like, yeah, we could probably figure that one out. Um, mm. There'll be some limitations, of course, but it's possible. So I appreciate that. My my quick feelings on it are that I love creative media. I love when people try things that are like outside of the box thinking. Um, mm. I think 
as far as we were talking about before, like this kind of user interface screen record horror goes, um, I only had a couple of gripes with the reality of the situation, but otherwise it was all very believable and well done in that regard. Um, it just, just for reasons we'll get into, just did not work for me. Um, okay. But this is it. Your scariest film of 2020, your favorite horror film of 2020, a film that did not hit the mark for me. Let's let's find out why. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. As he sips his tea. As he um, sips his tea. I need to deal it. <laughs> so we dish out the tea. Um so where where's a good place to start? I, I feel like we would be remiss to not jump on the the central storyline of the entire film, which is the scariest film ever made, Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, my point, you said something interesting that was related to this before we started recording, which is that a film that you saw recently, mm-hmm. um, Skinnamarink, is being kind of commented on as the first creepypasta done right as a film. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who doesn't know what a creepypasta is, um, it's essentially a um, a horror story that is shared online um, in a written format. Um, the title creepypasta comes from copy-paste, just the idea of like internet urban legends that get spread around. Yeah, um, like Slenderman. Yes, exactly, like yeah, Slenderman. Slenderman. Um, that is a great way to spend an evening if you just listen to like YouTubers talking about creepy pastors and things like mm-hmm. that. Like that's fascinating, and just reading some of them um, are yeah. terrifying. Um, and you said Skinnamarink was the first that you felt done like creepy pasta done right. Yeah, I feel that what makes this film scary is essentially if you take that internet video from like when the internet began putting videos on that is the thing where you follow a car driving through mm-hmm. a nice scenic meadow mm-hmm. and you really focus on it and then a face jumps out at you. That is, the, host is the feature length version of that. Yeah. And I just feel like, yes, it's scary, but I don't think it, <laughs> don't think it warrants any praise for the way it does it because I'm like, yeah, like you've just, just gone, I'm just going to make it really tense, but I know what's coming. I, and because I know that something's going to happen, it elevates my heart rate. It's not necessarily that I'm going, wow, what a scary concept. It's like, no, someone's walking slowly down a hallway and it's dark. Like, yeah, that's just objectively scary. Mm. Um, so I think I started wrestling a little bit with the film um, early on where I was like, I, I because I couldn't remove the fact that it was the scariest film scientifically. Yeah. I was asking myself, why is it scary instantly? Um, mm. So why don't you give me some, I, I, I'm just curious how you felt like kind of rewatching the film. You've watched it several times. Like yeah. what is it about it that makes it scary in a way that you go, that's, that's great. I don't know. I think like, a lot so a lot of it i think is kind of the little things that you notice in the background like i'm gonna send you a video now obviously if you're listening to the podcast you're not gonna be able to see what i send him but i can describe it there's like little hints there's like tiny little things hidden in the background and there's like this moment when like 
so like when Radina's boyfriend's missing Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, like this is before they try to like figure out where he's gone. Like you do actually see what's happened to him. It's right there in front of you. But oh. you blink and I've literally I've sent you the video on WhatsApp now. So it's like if you look oh, at it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you look at it, Radina starts walking down a hallway and then in the background of her camera. Oh, okay. It's so, there, the whole... Yeah, so there's a lot of things... Again, this is one of the movies where you go back and you watch it and you pull out the little details that you miss. I can very much appreciate that. And I think it's it's clever what they've done with the idea of, like, when you're watching a horror film, you're watching one screen. You're always only watching one perspective. And here is the situation they go. There's often six, six screens, screens. At, any, at any one time. That's There's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, you are you're liable to miss things, but also if you catch them, you go like, "Whoa, that's that's yeah. something." I, it's just an interesting way to watch a film, as yeah. if you were watching a film that was like set in a security guard's office, and you just saw various CCTV Five, five Nights of Freddy's stuff. Yeah, literally yeah. like that. Um, that's going to be an interesting film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. Like I don't know that like. I think there's just a lot of stuff. I remember the first time I watched it, it was literally when it came out. So it was like July 2020. And we watched it like at night with all the lights off and everything like that. And I mean, we all know me. I've got like a super overactive imagination and I've (laughs) experienced things, not to the extent in post, but I've experienced things like I've had unexplained noises and figures in houses and stuff like that. So like, I think things like this always get to me a little bit more, but I think hmm. my love for the movie, I I think my love for the movie built when I really spent a lot of time looking into how it was done. And obviously we talk about crafting chills and the way that they put this movie together. Cause like from the, from the minute Rob played the prank on his friends who are the cast of the movie, they're actually his real life actor friends. And he was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do a long version of this. Do you want to do it? And they were like, yeah, that gives us something to do in lockdown. <laughs> so like it was written in two weeks. It was filmed in two weeks and edited in eight and then released on Shudder. So from conception to distribution was 12 weeks mm. during lockdown yeah. when people like weren't allowed to see each other. And like another thing is like I feel this movie is like almost like a nice little time capsule as well mm. about the pandemic. There's like a couple of things in it, like like they do like the elbow bump and like like her <laughs> grabbing a mask before she goes outside, like all these little things and like the jokes, like when one of them's coughing, she's like, Oh, she's coughing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. now you've got to like fart to cover a cough. And it's like, <laughs> I love that line because it was true. Yeah. It's and it, I, really... I just I think I love this movie just because of how it was done. Like I, yeah, I mean, I, think... I, I do love the movie, but I've got a really profound appreciation for what they managed to do. I think that's completely fair because it it is very much symbolic of a of a time where we didn't know if we were going to get away from Zoom Zoom calls were the only ways to see your friends. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I remember saying to someone, just as kind of the everyone was going into lockdown, and Jersey was relatively late to lockdown but as soon as it happened in jersey it was like okay shit so it's like everywhere yeah everywhere Um, if it gets to jersey that's it yeah but i remember saying to a friend like this will like i um 
restrictions breed creativity and this will create some really interesting art and i'd happily put this like at the top of going like this was amazing that people like got together and figured this out at distance you know we're able to kind of you know figure out 50 minutes of solo acting but as part of a group, but you're acting in your house and someone else is as acting well in the as, house at the same as, time. As well as being their own lighting, their own camera work, like mm. everything. Like I've got so many interesting little things about how this movie was actually done. So like yeah. we'll have to have a little section where I explain a lot of that because I just think when you hear about some of the things, I mean, you've probably read about it, maybe I don't know, but when you learn about it as well, you just appreciate it so much more. And I think that does... Yeah, I mean, like I just said, I think that makes me love the movie a bit more because it's not like this big Hollywood studio that has like hundreds of crew and everything like that. This is like bare bones amount of people. I think all in all, it was 46 people for everything Mm. in this movie. You know, yeah. And it's it's such a fair point because, you know, if the point of this podcast is to talk about the craft of filmmaking, then there is plenty that I can talk about within this and be like, that's really impressive. And I really enjoy what they've been able to do here, Mm. but also judging it based on purely just as the film, regardless of like how the sausage was made, so to speak, you Mm -hmm. know, if you're just eating the sausage, like, does it taste nice? I just find myself going, eh, you know, like it just, um, like I say, it's, it's the thing that kind of stuck out for me is that it is that like internet age of horror where I don't feel like the jump scares were necessarily earned. And it reminded me, and I think this is kind of interesting because it comes back to the themes that we'll talk about in a bit. But um, again, that um, that horror meme that would go around where you'd play a mm. puzzle game where you bring your mouse through a maze and you go, oh, that was super simple. Level two, a little bit more complicated sound. And then level three was really easy, but then you had to take your cursor through this really intricate bit and you get really close to your screen and then the face from the exorcist would pop out and a blood curdling scream and be like, oh fuck. And it was terrifying. Mm. And there is no way that you can't say that was like one of the scariest internet videos ever. And I go, yeah. Is it good? No. Like, because it's cheap, right? It's just... Yeah, but I mean, surprisingly enough, some of those scares aren't the ones that got me the most. Mm. like one of the i mean the kitchen like the kitchen scares like when everything flies open i like those will always scare you because you don't like you have a feeling they're gonna happen but you never know Mm. whenever you're in a kitchen you're like are they gonna do it i mean i still think the best one to this day is the one in paranormal activity too that scares the jesus out of me whenever it happens that's the one Um, which is like everything like explodes isn't it yeah she's just like sat down like reading a magazine and everything (laughs) just explodes because like she's got that like like almost like that like fucking factory abattoir type thing over the island in the middle and everything falls off that literally in front of her face including Mm. like a really heavy skillet and it falls off in front of her but like i love i mean i just love how again like they bought the modern technology into it like the filters the filter scare i think is so good when she just walks in the living room and there's just a face and i'm just like what? Because how many times have like you played on Snapchat or something and it picks up a random face in the background and you're like, what? Like I've done it before. Like I'll be like doing a stupid Snapchat filter and yeah. then there's a face, there's a fa- it picks up a face over here or you take a mm. picture and then it's like face detected and it's just black and you're like, nope. 
<laughs> no, deleting this from memory, like I, getting rid of this. I love, right, I so love, I love that. That's that's a good a good scare to kind of talk about because that's one where I go, oh, that's clever. Like I've not, I've obviously not seen that in a horror film before. Um, yeah. But I was still too weighed down by the idea. Like, yeah, when what you're talking about is, you know, you you're filming a video and somewhere in the background is the association of a face and the screen creates the filter on it. But in the context of here, like it is that the ghost that they have summoned has it on its face because it moves with it. But there's yeah. nothing there <laughs> that doesn't make sense. And yeah. I'm just like, ah, okay. Now I'm just like, am I being crotchety and boring by <laughs> like, cause it was again, so that there's a face floating in the background that is just like a mask that is from some kind of filter. And then you it's get really zoom, close to it and you go, filter. it's going to turn. That's what's going to happen. It's going to turn. Yeah. And it's turned. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. There was nothing surprising in this film is what I want to say to me. And that's why I was frustrated. That, like, yes, my heartbeat is up because you're playing with the very simple reality that tension is just from the anticipation of a thing. You yeah. know what I'm anticipating and you're kind of just playing on it in a way that I don't find that exciting. Mm. Um, I I want you to tell me I am wrong in some of this. By the way, I don't want to feel like I'm just shitting on you. Okay? No, no. So, I mean, look, if you don't like it, then you don't like it. You know, that's how it goes. Horror is subjective. I mean, I'm just, I'm like, part of me is like, just like, I know we've got some movies coming up in this podcast, and I'm just like, if we don't see eye to eye on some of them, I think I will actually cry. I'll be like, oh my god, <laughs> like you know the one that yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. bigging up, like. <laughs> And part of me is like, I hope this doesn't happen with Skin and Marink because it will, like, if you didn't like Skin and Marink, it would be well, like, oh no, my God. because we're not like we're two people who have such wildly opposing views on film that no. it's like, oh, it's rare when we like something because it's not. No. And I think, I, <laughs> having re listened to some of our episodes, I really don't want to keep bringing up Barbarian <laughs> because. Oh my God, but, it's haunting my life. But there is a part where it's just like us both talking about the dread of seeing tess go down into the basement and it's like the anticipation of that was so clever because you were just brought into this character being like uh, the character is torn about whether they want to go down and you're there with mm. them and you're like oh, but i want to see but i don't yeah whereas with uh host the main character that we follow Haley. um Haley, she's viewing the zoom meeting on her laptop others yeah. are using their phones yeah um very first thing that Haley does as we are introduced to her, she's got the Zoom call kind of waiting. She picks up her laptop and turns it around so that we're following her point of view through the webcam. She is mm. carrying the laptop in a way no human has ever carried a laptop in their life. And I get why they've done it, but it's also stupid. <laughs> and she does it a couple of times where you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, yeah. like, it's... It is that thing about like Cloverfield where it's a it's a found footage film, the idea that someone's been filming their experience of this giant monster attack, but the way the shots are composed are no one would film like this. If you were running away from something, you wouldn't be thinking about shot composition. You would just be like, fuck the camera. But you're going, all right, fair enough. They keep the camera. There's got to be a film. But yeah. it's just like, oh, okay, here's the limitations. Humans don't act this way. But we're yeah. going to try and suspend disbelief a little bit. Um, you know, like if someone was 
recording through their phone and they've got their flashlight on, that's perfect because the good mm. camera and the flashlight are on the same side. Back. Yeah. So it makes sense. But picking up your laptop and just holding it so that the the screen is towards your chest, like it's before the keyboard, it's just... You, ah, it's just so annoying. <laughs> and she does it a couple of times when she's like slowly walking down a hallway with her laptop out so we can see, but she can't. I'm thinking... It's a better shot if it's looking at her face. And we're going, oh, fuck, what's there? What's there? What's there? You're just seeing her facial reaction change a little bit. Instead, it's like, no, it's just darkness. You know something's going to jump out at you. Oh, something's jumped out at me. I'm scared. Mm. Wasn't that genius? Yeah. <laughs> this film's yeah, annoyed no, me in a way I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Because, I mean, I thought, I just thought there was sometimes, like, when she was carrying the laptop around and, like, she had it, like, spun around and stuff as well. Because, like, that's how we're getting light that's, that's like a light how she's source, trying to yeah, see that's, that's the light source yeah so like she like she might because like she's like Haley is always like throwing her phone around so it's like we never know if she's if she's got a phone on her if it's on the table because like she's mm. the one always like texting Salen and calling caroline and stuff so a yeah. lot of the time she has like her laptop as the light source so it part would, of me i yeah, guess i don't know it's pedantic but it's little touches for me which like would have been she's got her laptop on her on her desk you know that's where we're seeing her room shot and when the lights go out and everything she's like oh shit i need to go and look she picks up her phone turns her torch on and then the phone just dies and she's like oh shit i've got no battery okay yeah. perfect now that justifies the laptop i can believe it a bit more but in this way it's just like oh shit i need to go and explore there and you guys have got to come along with me i do, do well do. maybe maybe it was a case of like trying to not switch like zoom on her laptop and her phone because then she'd have to like swap it all around i guess because it's different devices well, maybe or i don't I, know i, I don't I, know how I, easy just, it is to switch i just feel at that point you don't give a shit about zoom yeah and you're just like yeah. what the hell's going on in my house yeah very true <laughs> um the acting was very believable like at no point did i feel like i was watching people fake being on a zoom call um, yeah it felt very, yeah, it did feel supernatural. So like the way that they did this, so they, I, I don't even know. I like, they said a number of like hours, but I didn't quite get it. But I mean, all of the footage is from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage that like sometimes oh. some of the stuff that they used in the film was just stuff when they were hanging out with the director, just chatting and this, um, uh brenna rangott who did all the editing she went and pulled things like all together and spliced like surgically gelled this movie together hmm. and then um like the sound um i didn't get his name because i'm a terrible person but the person <laughs> who was in charge of sound like he like, then went because they recorded this they were all sent like microphones and everything like that yeah. to record with but like he overlaid like a laptop sound microphone over the top so it sounded more authentic Oh, but like, that, see, I like that. That's yeah. a great touch. And it's like, there are things, so like a lot of the stuff that happens to the actors, like the big stunts and stuff like that. Um, so this movie didn't have like a hard script. This is like bare bones script. Mm. And basically they were told that you need to get from like point A to point B and here are some minor things that are going to happen. Um. So a lot of like the big stunts were pre-recorded. And then when they were doing a Zoom call, they would overlay one of their cameras with the footage that they'd already filmed. So all the reactions that you're getting are 100% oh. genuine. So okay. when they're screaming and crying, this is all actually real because they didn't know 
what was going to happen to each other's characters. They were only told what was going to happen to them. So they didn't know what was going to happen to everything else. So this is like, it was like live scripting. And sometimes like when they would be recording takes, Savage would be there watching them and he would, he would uh, DM like private message, different actors saying, I want you to do this, do this. This is going to happen. And it was live scripted, Mm. which again is just incredible because it's not a movie that you can do in just one take because Mm. this is like, we constantly have to do this. So over two weeks, they took all of that footage and they just surgically spliced it together. And this is what it created. And it's just got that, like, you can, like, there's one thing that you cannot deny. And it's like the feeling of authenticity of this. It, like, this doesn't feel like it's acting to me. This is like real. This feels mm. real. Like, this feels like me and my mates, like, for a laugh, like, oh, let's do this. And this is actually the type of shit that would happen to us. Mm. Like, I felt there's only one person that I do not feel sorry for in this film, and that's Gemma. Everybody else, I feel <laughs> yeah, fucking Gem- sorry for. Gemma Gemma's shits a bitch. the bed on this one. <laughs> <laughs> she really fucks it up. But it's like, I feel sorry for everyone else. And my heart goes out to Caroline in this movie. Like, yeah. when, like when she's like in her house crying, I was like, oh my, oh, I just want to hug her. Yeah, I'm like, oh my it. God. That like, was good. Um, yeah. They're all so brilliant actors. This is, it's an interesting coincidence that the last, or the two films that are side by side each other in terms of the last episode and this one, both hmm. feature a seance and you know if you took all of your knowledge of seances um from these two films you would be uh justified in believing that a seance is getting a candle and just going are there any spirits around and that's it that's how a seance works and <laughs> well just like, you have to remember the astral planes oh you gotta remember the astral, like planes. astral planes um, and do a shot <laughs> I liked her. I li- I thought she was an interesting character. Well, um, Salin. Yeah. Yeah. Although, once again, I feel like there needs to be a whole a whole conversation about people who do séances who Me- do not go Me- through yeah. risk assessments because yeah. it's just like, all right, we're going to conjure some spirits. Someone does something reckless, and they're like, oh no, why why did you do that? You've upset well, the spirits, and like, well, maybe well, like, maybe tell I mean, someone she does, she, in a bit more does- detail. Yeah, I mean, she does say at the start, like, don't disrespect the spirits. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like, put it this way, a well-seasoned horror fan or anyone yeah. like that, like, they wouldn't go into a seance fucking around because we've seen enough movies to know what not to do. Yeah, but there's just but, certain things that you just don't want to take the piss with, right? Like, yeah, and this is You see is a Bible, you don't just, like, kick it. You kind of feel like, oh, I don't know, it feels, it feels a bit bad to do that. I don't like, know, I've ripped, I just one, don't I've ripped one up on stage and stapled one to me, but I mean, apart from that, like, I mean, yeah, performance art, but that's performance art, right? Fair that's enough. fine. Yeah. It worked with, I didn't do it for shits and giggles, I did it because it worked with my routine. Yeah. But, okay. yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel that, like, she does a really good job of conveying, like, a medium, like, she, like, I mean, she even goes on, like, saying she's going to play, like, isotronic tones and stuff like that, and, like, you don't hear of that happening a lot in other seances it's just a bunch of people getting some post-it notes and essentially making their own ouija board or they've bought a ouija board from walmart and they're going to do one together you know what and i mean she she even says she's like i've never done this before over zoom so i don't know yeah what it's going to be like and like obviously we'd all be together but it's like she really seems like she knows what she's talking about because she guides them through saying this is what we're going to do this is how we exit this is what we need to do this is how we need to speak so like she really seems like yeah, she really seems like she's not what she's doing. And even like when things like when Gemma says that she um felt something touch her neck and everything like that, like you can see she's not like, oh, she's not like, okay, blah, blah, blah. 
And when she talks about possession, she's like, look, possession isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just the spirits using you as a medium to talk yeah. to us. You know, it doesn't have to have this negative connotation that hundreds of years of horror movies have brought yeah, forward. Yeah. Like, yeah, possession is they, horrible. They played her character very sincerely. Like, it didn't yeah. come across as just like, all right, we need to get someone who looks looks like a they don't shower to, to do this, you know? Like, it's... Yeah, yeah or just like apartment. playing up the spooky thing or just like proper, like, uh, rainbow rhythms or whatever. Yeah, it's, she seems like completely out of her mind. Like, she seems really grounded and yes. knowledgeable, or, not like the, the kooky woman who lives down the street who everyone's the, curious the, about. The only criticism of her is that her agency for going when things go wrong seems to be a little bit like out oh of sync um because it's like she drops out of the zoom call um we're told it's her bad internet you're kind mm. of left to go well it might be the demon it might be you know well whatever. yeah because before she cuts off you see it's all like the books well all yeah. the books fly off the bookshelf and then oh, she is cuts it books, off is it? yeah because it's very yeah, clear like, it's like blink and you miss it kind of stuff yeah yeah um but then we wait for Haley to call her back and she's like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry. Like, my internet dropped out. And it's like, did you not think to, like, go, oh, shit, my internet's out. Better call her. Because we were yeah. just on a phone call doing a seance. And I yeah. know that this is dangerous. Yeah. And she's like, oh, sorry, Haley. You know, and it's just. But then, yeah, I know. But I mean, like, maybe part of me thinks, could it have knocked out all the, like, connection for everything in a house? Like, could the phone signal have gone because the demon's not trying to let it talk to them or something like that? Like, we, we don't Possibly. know because it doesn't, it doesn't get explained. But, well, and again, I for the sake of being pedantic, if her phone would not connect to signal, which isn't obviously related to mobile connection, then yeah. um, I would think she would be more like, oh shit, that's not good. And then be yeah. more panicked when it's like, Haley, is everything okay? Not just like, oh, hi, Haley. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but then again, I mean, as we've said, like she speaks really calmly to them and stuff the whole time. So maybe it's, she doesn't want to panic them because if she appears panicked, that's going to, instill true. way more fear in the other people you know what i mean it's like it's true yeah and actually it's like, well, it's like when, when you have a doctor yeah it's like when you have a doctor and stuff they're not gonna panic like like when they're explaining stuff they can't panic or be like but they need yeah. to keep their heads about them and like people like nurses who have to tell families what's going on like they have to keep cool heads and they have to be calming mm. and everything like that so part of me thinks that like to me it seems like that it's like she doesn't want to be like Okay, shit's really fucking bad. Because, I mean, she does say, like, this is bad, but she's not saying it, like, angrily. She's not saying it hastily. Mm. She's trying to keep them calm because at the end of the day, Salen has more experience with this type of stuff and she can clearly hear, because at this point she can't see, mm. like, when she calls the back, she can't see any of them because she's on the phone. She can't see the Zoom call. And that's when, like, Caroline's crying and stuff. And she's like, it's okay, I can, like, help you, like, I can, like, try and figure this out. And she's like, we need to do this. We need to do that. So it's like, part of me thinks that she's just trying to keep them calm because this yeah. is, yeah. I get that. So, and again, yeah, like, you know, it's, it is a film that it goes, it's got 50 minutes to tell this complete story. It yeah, can't exactly. spend 30 minutes going, right, we really need to go over the ground rules of this because I've never done this before. And they say like with the seance, usually you would be around a table, you'd be holding hands. And if you let go of each other's hands, that's it broken. You're all safe. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. well, we can't do that on Zoom, but if we imagine a tether getting cut, we'll be all right. That's quite an abstract thing to do because you're mm. like, how does that work? Um, again, it's kind of like a fuck it. That's it just works. Don't worry mm. about it. Um, but it's just the fact that it's glossed over so quickly. And it's like, Salem, do you always do seances with people who believe you 100 percent? 
Have you ever done them with people who might be a bit skeptical? You know, yeah, maybe. But then, again, <laughs> but, but then again, most people who tend to go to these things, especially like in real life, like you, they do tend to have some belief in things like that to me, because hmm. I mean, you've got people who like see all mediums as frauds, and then you've got people who actually do believe in stuff like that. Like, I mean, I've been to a seance in real life and I fully believed everything. And luckily, I was with people that believed it. Whereas, like, when you see in these movies, and even in life experiences, you always get that one dick who's like, oh, let's do a Ouija board. Hey, I'm going to move the glass and no one's going to know. You know what I mean? It's like you've yeah, always yeah. got that like prankster. So it's like, I think, I mean, because at the end of the day, this one, like none of them bar Haley, mm. seems to think something is going to happen. But that's because it is happening to Haley, So she knows something is there. But I think just out of like respect for their friend. They're going to be like, okay, right, we'll do this with you. And like some of them, like at the beginning when they're talking about it and they're like, oh, I'm, like, I'm really nervous and everything mm. like that. And they're like, oh, it should be fine. Don't worry. Because we, because I mean, Haley just mentions that she just hears things in the flat. You know, this could be like something minor, but because of Gemma's colossal fuck up, which we might as well explain. Gemma basically invites a demon because she lies during a seance and says mm. that she knew someone and... Um, they killed themselves, but basically by creating a fake person, she's basically made a mask that anything can come and claim and be and say, like, I'm this person. So basically yeah. she's just fucking open invited anything to come to our realm. Yeah. So she she fucks up. It's like the cardinal and, rule of seance is her reason not for, do that. Her reason for doing so was just like, oh, I was so bored. Like no one was saying anything, which yeah, is ironic because actually it was really engaging watching them just kind of waiting around um mm. and it's like jesus Gemma, your attention span is terrible like you need to get that yeah. looked at. i because... hate Gemma. like Gemma <laughs> yeah, she's, is she's just pretty like awful yeah um, she's not a great person but like and it's like the little nods as well because like they've all got their candles on and after she says that um after she says that she's lied like they mm. all walk off for a minute like the collective yeah, girl toilet out. break and her mm. can and only her candle goes out and it's like yeah. just these little the little like breadcrumbs that they place throughout this movie in such a short time and just really nice mm -hmm. I, I really like that and like when they mentioned like the light on Regina's camera it is actually if you look at it it is actually just the flame from her candle yeah. but it is like inverted in the corner of our screen and it does look weird and she's like oh yeah, look it's my it third is. eye like it does well, look creepy I remember you know taking photos of Firepoy and being like there's this green flame that is just in the shot like where the hell was what is that like it's creepy the first time you mm. see it um, and when we took photos in um, the in an undisclosed location in Jersey, yeah. which is creepy to be in, um, you'd see the like the fire and the light doing stuff where you're like, that's kind of fucking weird. <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on there? Like, that's really suggestive, and I think that's that's fine to be creepy because that's really genuine. Like, you know, looking for faces in things that don't actually exist there and being like, oh shit, there's something in mm. the darkness. Like darkness just being a primordial fear. You can't <laughs> I know all do... about that right now. Yeah, you can't do that like a disservice. It's just it is creepy. Um mm. you know, there's a few times like you said before, like um having to having to walk about your home at night is creepy. And I've noticed <laughs> yeah. a few times, like if I because my living room light does not work, I use a desk lamp. If I'm coming out to get some water, I'll use my phone light. Yeah. And phone light is terrifying <laughs> yeah. it's just scary <laughs> and I'm it like, is it is so scary um oh where's um so what i 
what I think is an interesting thing to talk about as well is the narrative of this film. Yes. Because, again, to relate it to last week's episode, that was a film where it was like they made a story for it, you know, they spent however long on it, but it clearly wasn't like this is the main event. We're not really spending a lot of time on it. Mm. Um, I feel like a film like this needed a bit more time dedicated to like if this was the first draft i'd be like that's great but there is clearly some things that we can tighten up here and Mm. the reason i say that is Haley is our main character she's the one that we follow for the entirety of the film yeah um she's the one who has brought about this group seance yeah she's organized unless i've missed it it's never actually explained why she's done so and i was kind of hoping for a storyline where her friends were like we're doing this for her because she misses whoever and we just want to be there for our friend who's going through the grief of losing someone but it's never that's never expanded on part of me doesn't think that i don't know part of me thinks that it's not that she's lost someone i mean i know salen kind of hints to it but i mean in the beginning when Haley has taken her laptop to the bedroom and the laptop's on the bed. And then like she takes like I love the fact that you see her peel the tape off the webcam as well. That's a nice little touch. Um, when she's like kind of setting up the Zoom meeting and like you hear the banging and she mm. turns it around. So I've just got the feeling that just weird things have happened in her apartment and she wants to find out who or what it is. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know. Like, you know, like when people like move, like they'll move into a place and some weird stuff is happening. Their first thought isn't, oh, that must be my dead husband or something like right, that. Or right. that's my boyfriend. It's just, there's something in this house and I want to know what it is. If you know what that's I mean. That's interesting. Yeah. Because I Because guess... you see her go to investigate it. Mm. Like you see her kind of like tentatively looking around and like she never calls out a name or anything mm. like that. So part it's... of me thinks it's just she's in a place and some weird shit's happening and she wants to get to the bottom of it basically yeah. that's what i took away from it i never okay. thought it was she was trying to contact someone because like they never mention a boyfriend they never mention mm. anything like that she just seems genuinely curious as to what's going on and it seems like it's happened a few times yeah and i guess that's that suspension of disbelief to go is that really what someone would jump to straight away and just be like i'll get all my friends to do this as well um as opposed to you know i don't know i guess i would have just liked some explanation yeah. as to why we have arrived at this um you know because no, like, it's like it says you know they're friends they usually hang out they play games and stuff um even if it was just like this is what Haley's like she's super into this stuff and she's like oh, guys mm. it'll be fun because she says like i've done a few of these already and yeah. that's what makes me think okay well there is something there and but, the fact that she knows Salen, so it yes, makes me think yeah. that maybe she's done one before with Salen, because like she's like, oh no, Salen's always like this, and like you can see like throughout the film that like, when people are taking the piss, that Haley looks genuinely upset and angry because mm. her friends are just taking this as a bit of a joke, and like she's like, no, that this really means something to me. Like, please do this because I need you here, and especially because in pandemic times, like you would turn. You would turn to like the people that you consider closest because you want to spend time with them because, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, because you're isolated, you're alone. Exactly. You should feel yeah. safe. So, and I imagine that, yeah, I mean, Gemma actually lives next door to Haley. Like we yeah. learned that in the beginning because Gemma's throwing sticks at her window, which is what we find out the noise is. Oh, no, because yeah. the door opens in her apartment and door the, opens first, the, yeah. iron, the ironing board falls out. It's, yeah, it's a bit confusing how it works in terms of like the the laws of this film 
because obviously they have the seance which invites this malevolent creature to come in and kill our cast mm. but the creature potentially already exists in Haley's flat that's why there's spooky happenings going on um but if that's the case does the seance just allow the creature to do more does it already exist does the seance do anything it's kind of just and that's why i feel like it doesn't necessarily think too much about what it's presenting as a film Mm -hmm. and i want to i want to be scared by what it's presenting not just the specific way it's going and here's a scare yeah well the say like the whole idea of a seance is basically creating it's creating a link like to the spirit realm and the whole idea of a seance is basically because that's why they have the candles lit it's a guiding light Mm. for the spirit so it's like spirits are kind of when we think of spirits and stuff like in our in our world so to speak is we've always seen them as spirits are kind of lost and they don't know where they are this is why they do things like exorcisms because like i mean well I mean, not exorcisms. They do like cleansings and banishments and everything like that because it gives all like they always say like you need to help a spirit resolve its like unfinished business yes. because sometimes it's lost and it doesn't know what it's doing. But the whole idea of the seance. So I mean, it could have been a, it could have just been a little a little naughty spirit. It could have been a lost spirit. But hmm. with what Gemma does, because they've opened the gate and they are like beckoning for something like that. That's. Like that usually tends to be so a lot of like demonic possessions and stuff. It's usually a demon has been summoned accidentally. So that's how it usually works. So they are just trying to kind of speak to people at this point because that's why she's saying like ask them questions. It might be someone you know. It like it might mm. be someone you know. Not it is. It it might yes. be because you're kind of calling out to them. So they may hear your voice and the candles will guide them. But it also opens the door to something really malevolent if you fuck mm. around and it is like there are certain laws i think this is just because i'm really interested in like the yeah, occult yeah. and stuff like that so it's like you do have to respect them it's like when you do ouija boards it's not a case of just plonking stuff down on a table like you have to ask the right questions you have to like and that's the thing like when you see in movies like when people are like oh my god and they run away it's like no you need to stay and you need to seal this because you need to stop anything else coming in mm. and i just think that it kind of sub like it kind of subverts everything because that I I mean to me I'm just taking it as she's had some weird stuff happen because like she said like she feels a hand on her shoulder it's like nothing malevolent she's not getting dragged across the room she's not getting stuff thrown or anything like that so I just think it's like a little playful spirit mm-hmm. who might just be in the house you know or the apartment building it might just be kind of lost doing its thing but because Gemma turns around and fucks with everything <laughs> that's when a demon's like hello. Like, I'm going to come and have, have some fun. So, have a slice of this. Yeah, I, yeah. But that's the thing as well, because when we see the demon, this entity, it's presenting itself in the form that Gemma made up. Mm, yes. Like, that's how we see it. So mm. it is wearing that as it might. Like, yeah, I think it's, I think that's kind of like where I, it got its power. You know what I mean? I, like, a, se- a seance is like a big, like, he- it's like holding a big neon sign, like, hello, come this way, yeah, please. Who's like, about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who's it's like about? chat and, roulette. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you never yeah, know what like, you're gonna get. <laughs> it's like home meagle for spirits. Like, you never know what you're gonna get. And you know, the thing is, I I love exposition in films, is the honest truth. And I liked hearing Salem talk about how what Gemma has done has has created this mask, this false identity that has allowed a spirit to come in. I thought that's really interesting. Mm. And that to me, that's what makes it scary. Like that's what I fixate on on horror. Because yeah. I think None of the jump scares were anything where I'm like, oh shit, I can't stop thinking about that. 
it's just like yeah you you got me i <laughs> like i was staring at a screen and then a big loud noise happened like yeah it's yeah me. i mean one of the i mean i'm i'm putting this out there but one of the kills in this movie is one of my favorite kills in a movie that i haven't seen done before and that's caroline's death with really the, i love that one i love it I think Interesting. it's so good because when right, think about it. You're on Zoom. Put yourself yeah. in that position where you're on Zoom or whatever, mm -hmm. and you just see that happening. Oh yes, sorry, yes. So her. Oh yeah. Well, not oh, her God. death. Her bludgeoning. Well, I mean, I'm, she looks she, like she's she she dies. <laughs> I mean, she fucking she goes. But wait, is when it the other? Is it a different character who falls out the window then? Yeah, that's Emma. Oh, Emma sorry. falls out the window. Okay, yes. No, no, okay, no. Yeah, no, no. That's yes, Caroline. I know which one you. Yes. I'm talking about when she's smashing no, that her was face excellent. into the that laptop. Was that, yeah, sorry, that. I thought you meant Emma, and I was like, Jesus no, no, no. Christ, really? <laughs> no, what What do you think of me? No, no, Car no. The when she's smashing yes, her like that when was, she, that was because very I well done. I love the little bit because like they're all panicking and stuff, and you just see like the messages coming up at the bottom, mm. and it's just really like like lettering and, and they're like yep. wait what's Carol because like her camera's disappeared at that point and then it loads up and it's this amazing screensaver background that she's done of herself just like walking in and out of her bedroom because like she's yeah. like oh I, I needed company over that lockdown. was great that I really Terrifying. enjoyed because you watch it's... it the first time she she shows you on zoom oh look what I made guys and it's like oh it's an animated background that you've just got in a loop that's funny what whatever and then later on when everyone's panicking she's there and you're like, oh my god, Caroline, Caroline. Oh, no, that's the screensaver. It's the screensaver. And you're like, oh shit. And I was thinking, is something going to happen where the screensaver like goes a bit weird? You know, it's going to like fucking do some creepy stuff. But mm -hmm. instead, it's just like, nope, just intense kind of gore. Um, yeah, like, like yeah, that. Fuck, that was that, uncomfortable. That, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the moments that scared me the most. Mm. Was that because like you never fully see it because. It's like it's like when you blur out your background on Zoom, like part of it, like kind of the yeah, background like, the like extends. Yeah. yeah. So it's like when she comes forward, you only see bits of her and she's still got like half the background on her face. And it's like yeah. and like that as well, like testament to this, like she had to do all of her that scene, just her scene, her death scene took a whole day to film wow. because she had to sit with uh, Dan Martin, who headed up the um, who he was like the makeup um, artist. But again, they had to do this all over Zoom. So she would sit and because she had to do it in gradual stages of her face getting more mangled, hmm. like she would like apply some of it over Zoom and then they would film it and then they would like have to do an, like a little bit more and then they'd have to film it and they had to keep doing it. But it's like the way they filmed her coming at the screen, they actually had her put her laptop on the corner of her bed and then they had her run and jump and like shove her face into the camera and that's how they did it. Wow. But I just think the way that like, because like at certain points in the film, like the cameras disconnect. So we're kind of getting feelings that stunt like stuff's going on. And mm. it's just when that came up, like that shut me up. Because I mean, again, like it's like an unfriended, like the fucking the blender, the blender in unfriended when he's got his hand in the blender like that freaked me the fuck out. Imagine just like being on a chat like we are now. And yeah. just imagine me slamming my head into the keyboard. You'd be would, fucking and, terrified. And what's an interesting aspect to it as well is it would be so difficult to look away because if something mm. mad was happening to you, I'd be like, well, I'm safe. I'm just watching the thing. But being yeah. incredibly upset by what's happening. 
Um, I hope so. So yeah, and I <laughs> and, uh, oh, thank fuck for that. Yeah. <laughs> the limelight is mine. So I, you know, I'm not gonna present to you that I watched this film and went, This is boring. Like there mm. were bits that I did really enjoy. I yeah, think I it mean, was the caveat of scariest film of all time. Yeah, scientifically it's a big scary. Title. I was like, all right, cool. You're going for that rank. Let's see what you got. And I no. Yeah. Not happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not happy with like the face reveals of the demons. It does make me think no, of terrible. the things. Exactly. No. Yeah, no. Those... But I mean, I mean, I'm not saying this movie is 100% perfect. I mean, I did think it was cheap, but hmm. the but again, but the rest of it I love. Like the blanket thing. I love that blanket throw. Like again, I love all the little things and like the glass exploding. I like all these glass little things. Glass exploding was nice. Yeah. That was a good yeah. touch. Um I did like the the little scare when she uses the zoomy um selfie stick to yeah go doing it on the selfie stick was great to go around although she goes in the attic i guess the idea is because where she's she's watching i'm oh, sorry she, her zoom call is happening on her phone she's gonna yeah. go up in the attic and she's kind of like actually fuck that so she puts on a selfie stick extends it up and just kind of spins it round yeah but i don't think she actually asks like can anyone see anything? It's kind of still presented like she's looking. Well, the whole reason she's put it on a selfie stick is because she's not in the attic. Yeah. She's actually down on the stairs and her That's hand's just up there. Yeah. But can but she I don't see think... the screen or is she asking her friends to look for I, her? I think she's asking them to look because you hear them all saying like, no, we can't see anything, can't see yeah. anything. And then they're like, oh my God, what was that? And then mm. as soon as they say that, she pulls it down and then she's, she's like, getting nope. in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but because she's been hearing the noises, so she knows something's mm. going on. Because when you first hear the noise, you think it's in Haley's, because that's where everything's happening. But then Caroline turns around, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's in Caroline's house." It is, and then exciting. I mean, that if I was in that situation, yeah, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, "No, I would literally, yeah, I'd just be like, yeah, have a look." No, like I wouldn't be in that. <laughs> like, sure, she does that right. But oh yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I think that's a nice. So this is a nice little tie-in. So this whole scene with Caroline was a nod to Savage's original prank, because this is exactly oh, okay. what he did. So in the original prank, he logs on Zoom and he's like, "Right, um, I've been hearing noises in my attic." And I don't know what's going on. I want to go have a look, but I wanted to wait till I had all you guys here just so you can kind of tell me what's going on or like, if you can see anything. So like he goes to the drawer and he pulls out a knife and they're like, oh my God, don't take a knife. What if like you fall and stab yourself mm. or something? I'll have to send you the link so you can watch it. Hmm. And then he does, he climbs up the stairs and everything like that. And he puts the phone up there and he's like, oh, so tell me if you see anything. And he starts swiveling the camera around and then he takes a jump scare from wreck and plays uh. that and then he falls off the ladder and he falls on the floor and they all think he's like hurt and like they're all there like oh my god are you okay rob rob and then one of the guys on the call he's like oh my god that was so good how the hell did you do it because like, he figures out it's a prank and then at the end of that call that's when they were like actually i think we should do a movie about this mm. i think we can do something and it's okay. just a, it's just a nice that they kind of harkened back to how this movie was created, like in that with Caroline. I really mm. like that touch. I thought it was cool. a neat little touch. And you know, I think there's if there was like a keynote speech, if if you could watch this film and then there's like an hour long Q and A with the director afterwards and the cast, mm. I would be so excited to listen to that Q and A because mm. I think in terms of filmmaking, it's it presents as fascinating. Like I honestly would not have thought it was so many different cuts for one film. I, I thought yeah. it would have been like, right, here is here is our film. 
three, two, one, go. It's no. like a stage show over, yeah, you know, no. that's, and that's, that's testament to the editing that it, yeah. they nail it. I mean, there are times yeah. obviously when screens go offline, so it's easy to make cuts and things. Yeah. But at no point did I think like, oh, that's clearly from a different day or, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like you feel this is all happening over the length of one call. Like you, a hundred percent, you know what I mean? Like a hundred, a hundred percent. So but I, it, sorry. No, 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 off you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the themes in this film. Yeah. And again, similar to last week's episode, I'm like, I don't know if it, I think it's a bit thin on the ground in terms of themes because it's more of a concept brought to life. But I did feel that there was actually quite a strong um, technology theme. And that sounds insanely obvious when we're talking about a film that's based in technology. But... <laughs> The theme being that, like, technology is bad. Um, yeah. Again, it sounds really fucking simple when I'm... It's, that's not what I'm saying, right? That, like, aha, you got seanced over Zoom and now you're dead. <laughs> technology is bad. Not that. It's more the idea of, like... How to explain this? I had it really good in the car before, and I should have written it down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's... I do that when I'm out and about, and I think of stuff. Like... No. Nope. Just ima- imagine you're in your car. Put yourself back in the car. <laughs> Go into the car, light a candle, and imagine you're in your car. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the séance itself is this thing that existed in a time where you had to be together, you were using candlelight, that was important, and mm-hmm. you know, throughout the film the demon destroys light sources. Yeah. Not the flames themselves, even though we see it at one point one goes out. But the flames mm-hmm. essentially stay alight for all of it. Any man-made light, other than the laptops for them, for the sake of them filming, they go out, they're extinguished, they explode. Yeah. And there's clearly like a, a nod, well, I say clearly, the thing I got from that was just like this demon go, I don't like technology and I'm seeing this happen. It's, this is taking the piss out of the whole thing. You know, mm. oh, we're doing it on Zoom. Oh, we're taking shots whilst, you know, People are talking about the astral plane or whatever. Plane. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like at every opportunity for technology to kind of be seen as a negative consequence of something, as a move it, away from things, it is. It is. And it is like in, it's, it is as well, like in mod, like in our world, like technology is going to be like every like everyone keeps saying, I mean, obviously, pardon, like what's going on in Ukraine and everything like that. But like loads of like the big new terror threats is it's all going to be through technology. It's going to be cyber attacks. It's going to be everything like that. Like it's always this thing that like, and I mean, I mean, I'm, I don't, I, I can't believe I'm going to quote this movie in a horror, in a horror podcast, but in the fifth element, when Mila Jovovich says, she's like, everything humans create is to destroy. And it's like, everyone, everyone has these things like look at black mirror, how we think technology is going to mm. replace humans. And like these Teslas, like we've got like like cars that can drive themselves, but they're causing these insane accidents and yeah. everything like that. And it's like how people think, yeah, technology is inherently evil. Like you look at like AI, like AI, like at Megan, like Megan that's just come out. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, no, I do like that. But, but I, I'm, I guess that there's a deeper level to what I'm trying to get at that I have forgotten, which makes it so frustrating. Is, is, it, because... is it like something along the lines that like, like deep, like kind of like, because demons are like be like like to me like demons and stuff are beings that are as old as the planet is, yeah. so to speak. 
and that they don't like the fact that these people are doing this like over a phone call and it's like no i want to play on my level field so i'm going to bring you to my realm and i'm going to put you in a situation where you've got like no chance of escape something like I that guess i don't so know there's, there's something in it you know i had a, a more but i guess that kind of speaks to the themes didn't really jump out at me too much and i was kind of well, having to craft my own one well which... i mean i don't know i mean i got the whole thing of social separation and mm. isolation that's like a major theme and because obviously again it's during the pandemic but this is this whole situation is usually a thing where people would be together and mm. and in these moments like you even see it like when Gemma breaks into Haley's apartment at the end and they find each other like first reaction would be oh my god and like hug and everything like that but they can't because it's pandemic so they just do a little elbow bump you know what I mean it's like it's having these people and I feel like this is a thing like I, I'm gonna bring this on a little bit more of a personal level right now it's like I feel like how I am. I don't see a lot of people like in my like in my everyday life. Like I don't have friends that I go out and meet. And I mean, as you know, because we did a little Q and A on Friday, I spend a lot of time with my friends over cameras, hmm. and it, it's lovely. Don't get me wrong, because I can speak to people everywhere. But there is also this sense that, like at the end of at the end of it, I just kind of turn off my camera. And that's it. It's like, I don't have like a physical touch. I don't have anything like that. And to me, like, it is amazing that we have these programs that can do that. But at the same time, there is still that feeling of isolation because I'm talking to a piece of camera equipment. And again, leaning back to technology, you know what I mean? It's incredible, but it's also incredibly sad because it's like, yeah. I'm talking into a camera. I'm not, I'm not like even now, like me and you, we're not sat in the same room. Like we're in two different yeah. countries and, and I've only got that. And yeah, I just think like the anxiety of the pandemic and the social separation, that was mm -hmm. what the biggest theme that I pulled away from it. And mm. don't fuck with the occult unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> like don't piss off Gemma. spirits. Gemma. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I took from that. But like, yeah, because this, like, this is a really vulnerable situation. I mean, look at Caroline. Like she, she's got no one with her and you know, mm. and it's like these people have no escape from this thing like they can't all like run away together like they're all stuck in their houses i mean that bit when Gemma's like fuck this and she just throws a mask on and like emma's like no you can't go you can't go and she's like no i'm going because i have to yeah and then to be even more pissed off at Gemma, she breaks fucking Haley's window and crawls into her <laughs> flat so as well as a demon chasing her she's now got i mean not that it's gonna matter anyway because they're gonna get killed but hmm like, oh, I got a broken window. <laughs> Blood <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Bigger, bigger, bigger fish to fry. Bigger picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think my, I think my feelings towards this art is again. I'm going to keep relating it to last week's episode because it's oddly pertinent that they are two films that are focused on like, and I, I don't know if it's just horror. Horror as a genre does this more. Like, people who watch horror really love that genre and so what, like sales no no i mean oh, like in terms like horror as a genre horror as a genre yeah i just like we love horror and we just i just want to make something that's going to scare people and like mm. that's what this film is like i want to just make like oh wouldn't it be cool to do a horror film based over zoom like oh shit yeah that'd be really all right we're gonna have to brainstorm how we do this figure out the logistics uh we need a story uh just fucking bash that out in a day or whatever you know and you watch the film and then you go now i want to expand it i want to know more about these characters because you've invested me in them mm. um 
and I go, that's interesting, but it's also that kind of thing of, it only seems to happen in horror where story becomes secondary to what is like driving the narrative because it is just about going, I just need you to get from jump scare to jump scare and I, I want to make it entertaining, but it's like, it's the roller coaster analogy of just going, well, we've got to go up to go back down to go back up again, mm. as opposed to it following a necessary um, justification for why it goes there. It's like, no, it goes that way because it has to go that way. Um, you know, it's kind of like the decisions for um, what's the name of the girl who's with the boyfriend? Uh, Redina. Redina. So Redina is living with her boyfriend. Um, we find out they've kind of moved in together because of lockdown, and that mm-hmm. her friends are like, "Oh, it's a bit soon." Bit risky, yeah. And there's a really interesting bit where you see these six girls. Um, five of them watch her friend mute her mic and go and chat to her boyfriend and have like a bit of a quasi argument, and he kind of storms off. Yeah. And it creates this very interesting emotional. Uh, resonance within the group where when she comes back it's like hey Redina are you okay and I was like I was really brought into that moment because it's like mm. I've never seen a zoom call with girls who are going well we know we kind of all instinctively know what you're going through and we want to talk about it um the issue is she muted the mic because she didn't want her friends to hear her to hear it but she didn't but they could see turn it. She the didn't webcam turn off, off the camera yeah. it's like oh, okay because you have to see it and it's like and a sense of belief is just like just gone from that moment um yeah it's a small thing but again it's also just the fact that they kind of bring her back and she goes oh no it's fine and you realize all that it mattered towards was we just need the boyfriend to leave that's yeah. it we're not interested in telling you a story about like it's kind of fucked that um the two of them it- are like cohabiting cohabiting and that's not going on well like that's a scary thought imagine being in lockdown like that that's really scary yeah it is it's terrifying absolutely terrifying so yeah that was a real like test of people's strength like because i do remember at the start of the lockdown mm. they were like hey like if you want to see your other half you're gonna have to like move in together and everything like that and i mean i know i know what happened with me so it was like oh boy this is gonna be an absolute test especially when it's like someone because they they say they're like they shouldn't have it was too soon so you get the idea that these that i you feel almost like redina and alan at this point like they'd never really spent prolonged amounts of time with each other because like 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 the way he's chopping carrots like He's he's he's, he's chopping real, them pretty aggressive. He is like loud, he is yeah. slamming him, and I mean, I mean, to me, that would be something like, do you mind just like keeping it yeah. down a little bit? Also, like, though, Radina, you can go in the bedroom. Yeah, know, yeah put some headphones true. on. <laughs> I'm just I'm just exactly. spitballing here, Radina. You're like yeah. you might be making a problem for yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it. Um, oh well, <laughs> go with that before I just acted like a massive dick. Yeah, <laughs> um so uh what did i want to talk about um no this is bringing me back to my theme so there was something in the fact that the the horror the scares the when we see the demon Mm -hmm. it might as well be the same demon from that aforementioned video and Mm i i can't believe that that is coincidental I feel like it is like a throwback to this like 
this is the type of horror that we're doing like this like burgeoning internet kind of horror mm. um and i don't know i think there's almost like a thing of being people like but, me being upset with that and that's I what mean, the demon but, represents but, in some but, kind of way but, i mean things it could have been like really fun if like we hadn't have seen the demon mm. and it would almost be like it would just cut back to their faces and you would just hear that jump scare it's like to me that would have been scarier because i mean a lot of like i say a lot of the stuff that got me wasn't so much the demon popping up at the camera or anything yeah. like that it was the other things like the mask and the flower like when you see the footprints and like they're fucking going towards her and stuff like mm. that it's those things that get me more because i find that more believable than this like weird little demon popping yes. up. like you I know said, what i mean it's exactly like, and yeah. that feels that's where it feels a bit cheap because it's just like it's kind of impossible to not be startled by that because they've shoved yeah. something in your face which is mm-hmm. disconcerting um even as I think about this, right, if you take Host and get rid of that demon and instead put the demon from the night house in, this film becomes 10 times scarier. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about it and it's making me scared. Yeah. Because I... the idea of, like, seeing the the form of a person within mm. the background of someone's thing, but being, like, just this presence that is not being, like, playful or mischievous and instead yeah. it's got, like, this consuming darkness about it like oh that's that's horrible part part of me thinks though like part of me just thinks i mean was that like was this down to a stylistic choice was it due to the fact that they're like right shit we've got like no time to do this film like let's Mm. we need to like get it out and that was maybe an afterthought because they were so invested with everything else of the movie they were like oh fuck and and it's like because i know they used the scene um they used a cut scene from wreck in the prank part of me thinks like they were kind of like oh well that worked really well so maybe let's yeah. just let's just throw that in because again it's one of those things like i i'm not as much as i love this movie i always thought oh well the demon's a bit cheap but oh it was a cheap jump scare but hey it's fun but it's the other stuff that i really like in this movie like that's the mm. other stuff that i like and i mean like that bit as well when wait let me just look no there's the bit where they're talking to the demon and Haley's like, well, like she hears a noise and she's like, everybody turn your microphone up. And it's mm. like, no, no, no. And they put everything right up. And it's like, everyone who's watching is about to hate these people. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because especially because it's so loud, she's like gone all ASMR and she is like whispering, like, is there exactly. anyone there? And it's like, right. Your, like your senses automatically go up. As soon as noise gets louder, your heart gets louder. Cause you're like, here it yeah. comes you know yeah. what i mean yeah it's coming it's coming and so it achieves the reaction it wants but it just feels again like uh oh you've got me in that way like um it's like the episode of the it crowd when um it's like a psychologist a stress psychologist or whatever it is comes into the office yes and um sits the person down ties them up to um a machine that monitors like their heart rate or whatever and just goes, I'm going to ask you a very deep and personal question. And their heartbeat mm. elevates. And they go like, I'm not actually not going to. But it just shows that that creates stress. And you go, oh, okay, it's that simple to yeah. create stress. And then, I and just then think, Roy comes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask myself a deep and personal question. Yeah. It's okay. I'm actually <laughs> not going to ask myself. Roy shouldn't be able question. to do it because he nearly killed that woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the point is it's like just i think this is the thing because we got asked this on the the q a like you know what makes a film creepy mm. and essentially like what makes something scary 
And I don't feel, I feel like this is a technical answer to be like, this makes you scared. Yeah. Like, it's very... It's like suggestive cues that play yes. with your senses. Yeah. I'm going to literally show someone turning the volume up at a point mm. where everyone else is going to get quiet. You are already aware of the kind of film you're watching that something might happen or is yeah. very likely to happen. And now you're on edge because you're trying to anticipate the scare happening. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm like, that's a jump scare I don't care about because yes, yeah. you'll get me because I, I can't be immune to such a thing. I can't be like, oh, I'm, I didn't flinch. You, you got me. Oh, like, I knew I, it was coming. Ma, ma, yeah. ma, ma. Like, that's the thing. And when it's like, especially when you see it as a mist, like when they do a misdirect mm. in films, like they build up the thing. It's like the classic, like they open the fridge and yes. you're like, oh, there's going to be something behind it. And they close it. Like there's the, the moment. Cabinet. Yeah, like there's the moment um, with Haley when she like opens, I think it's like the second time she goes looking around her apartment and she opens um, the closet door where the ironing board is and the door completely out. covers the camera. Yeah. Oh no, no, it doesn't fall out in this one, but like she opens oh, right. the door and the door completely covers the whole bit of the yes, camera. And you're like, oh, yes. here it comes. She's going to yeah. pull it and there's going to be nothing there. But then we just see her bedroom. Like those misdirects, because it's like your heart at that point is like, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah. And then it slows you down. Then it gets you and that, that to me isn't a cheap jump scare because they've kind of been like, oh, we, we, we're going to poke you a little bit. We're going to poke bait you. And switch. Yeah. 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 I think, but then again, it depends it how it's done. Me. Yeah. I don't because know. Again, Some of them I, I just... think are just so beautifully well done. But then but I, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm spoiled by it, but it is that jump scare in the night house really does just come back to, I truly didn't see it coming. Yeah. And the film set me up in a way to relax before it hit me with a jump scare, which made it mm -hmm. so much worse when I went from mm -hmm. elevated tension. Oh, okay. I've gone down. Oh no, it's really high. Whereas yeah. in um, the one in the descent, because your yes. heart rates or your heart rates already going at that point because yeah. they're all freaking out. And then it just goes, and you're like, <gasps> like yeah. that one always gets you. It's like, or like the one in Sinister. Like, I don't yeah, even yeah. have to describe what's happening. And you know instantly what one I'm talking about. But because, like that yeah, one in Sinister, that's... your heart is in your throat already. And then yeah. it's just like, uh, that noise lives rent free in my head yeah. from that scare. Like, it's, you know, and again, we've, we've said like, we could do a whole thing on the like science of scares. jump scares. But yeah. there are jump scares. And I think the best ones come from you aren't expecting it not in a you're being built up before it happens like it can absolutely yeah, they, just, they yeah they come they out just of blind nowhere. they blindside you but they yeah. blindside you because you don't realize you're being set up you don't realize like that it's coming yeah yeah like, exactly. the, like the organ in the lodge like yeah. you had no idea or, that was going to happen because we haven't the, seen the bloody thing or the opening suicide the fact that yeah. you get no time to recognize what's about to happen as opposed to, all right, I'm going to walk slowly down this courtway. Like, oh, oh, oh. And oh. then, I mean, it's worth mentioning as well the camera. Like, I, I, I hate this in horror movies, but I hate it because the tension it creates is just so good. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think the best use of this is in Saw, and it mm -hmm. always will be in Saw when she's got the Polaroid camera and she... She's on the on she's on the call and she's like, can you not see that? And she's pointing yeah. down at the living room and like we can't see anything. And mm. at this point, yeah, her camera's turned around. But this is when I kind of gone at a. She's trying to show them what's there. Yes. But to me, because the lights are off, she's using her laptop as a light source. Like that's yeah. why she's got it turned around and she's walking with it in a very unusual way. But I always took it as because she's on Zoom and everyone's cameras are on, the light it's going to be creating yeah, is quite yeah, bright. That's very reasonable. 
So that's why it's filming there. But when she gets the Polaroid camera out and she just starts flashing it to use it as a light source, I, I love it and I hate it because mm. every time she's about to press that button, your heart starts going fast. You're like, right, is this going to be it? Because they can do that sequence five they, times yes, yes. and it nothing happens. I did think that was and, good, yeah, because I yeah. expected, all right, number three, now we're going to see it. Oh, actually, okay, no. And build up for yeah. number four. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, okay, exactly. And, and that's really good because your brain is telling you like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And it builds you and drops you back. And then it's at that point where you're like, oh, okay, like nothing's going to happen. And then bang, it hits you. And I think that is, I think that is a well-placed justified jump scare because mm. it's kind of programmed you to be scared of what's going to happen because it is. It's one of those things, you know, when you're in the dark and you, like like you said before with the phone, like you turn your phone light on, you kind of almost don't want to do it because you don't want to see what is there. Yeah, you don't want to you know look what I directly mean? in the dark. You kind of want to just keep your eyes down <laughs> as you're Yeah, walking. exactly. It's like heads down, just like film my feet. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, like I say, I, I love it, but I also hate it because mm. if you do that in a film, I'm automatically like... Yes. Because, yeah, yeah it's good. I Like, I love how throughout horror history it's like we've kind of been like subconsciously programmed to be again i always bring it up in paranormal activity when we get the static shot of the bedroom your heart rate instantly goes up because we know when we see that yeah, and we hear that noise yeah. you know something's coming and i just love the fact that the it's like these unwritten rules in horror movies is like if anyone goes to a medicine cabinet a fridge a cupboard <laughs> oh, yeah. you Watch are instantly <laughs> scared yeah and i just i love that and i think the camera flashing one is a new one that is obviously kind of been developed throughout time as like technology has evolved and is being used more mm. in horror movies that when you see flashes happen you're just like uh-uh, uh-uh, i'm out i'm out i'm out like yeah. something's gonna happen but like well, it's the one in Saw's just so good. Like with the You pink. know, and Sorry. and again, I think that's where it's interesting to just see like to peel behind the curtain and go, this is why these things make you scared. And it's like the anticipation of the build-up and everything. And you do see it replicated in so many films. But that's why I really like with Sinister, and why I can really appreciate that that is regarded as scientifically like the second scariest film of all time or whatever. Mm. Because as soon as you get to any one of the home videos, you go, I know I'm going to witness something horrible, but I don't know what it's going to be. And that's why I love Sinister, but I struggle with things like this because for me, it felt like every jump scare was exactly as I thought it was going to happen. There might be a misdirect, but it's still just facing the screen and a big yeah. noise. And you go, yeah, yeah, cool. You've started me. Whereas the home movies being like, all right, I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen here in Sinister. And then something happens. The audio is really weird and disjointed and creepy. It's just so unsettling. And like to the point we were making right at the beginning of this podcast, if Sinister was just those home movies with no Ethan Hawke, Ooh. it would be unbearable to watch. Right. It would be yeah, the scariest be. thing ever made, but it would be unbearable. Yeah. You couldn't watch it. It would be void of like actual like story. Yeah. It would just be like, this is upsetting. I might as well just watch a snuff film, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> um so you need those moments of like bringing it down but also mm. the creative freedom to go i know that you're going to be bit, i don't know i guess in some way it's like with sinister they've gone you're gonna watch these home movies there's at least three of them in the film right you know there's more in the t in the context of the film but you're gonna watch three of them we could show you one but we're not like that's kind of what we're doing here is you're gonna see three of these films and mm. each time you watch one, you go, 
<sighs> okay, here we go. But it's exciting. You want to see what they do creatively, so you're mm. invested in it. Whereas any film that just shows someone walking down a hallway, I'm like, right, if you just scare me by jumping something out, I don't like you. But if yeah. you do something creative with it, then I'm in for it. Like, I think Grave Encounters is a great example, and we're mm. going to be talking about that this month. Um, yeah, we of, are. It turns it on its head a little bit. Um, yeah. And you know what? Hold me to account if I make any criticisms of um, Host that I don't make of Grave Encounters that seem similar, because that's that's only fair because i love that film yeah but i haven't watched it in a while and mm. there's a very good chance that there's quite a lot of crossover there might be there might be i mean i can already think of one yeah in grave encounters but then again grave encounters is very different because it isn't like i mean like we're not talking about Grave Encounters. We'll talk about that when we talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, next week is Grave Encounters. Is, is there um, any any final kind of comments you want to put out on host things to talk about? I've got a couple, uh, which will just kind of finish my things that I just need to get off my chest. Um, but that's me good. <laughs> um, I'm just quickly running through what I I feel like you've got some facts that you can you can spend. Yeah, I mean I mean I love that moment. Um when teddy like when teddy rejoins because like teddy gets taken out of the seance very quickly by his girlfriend yes. which all the girls express a lot of hate towards like yeah. that like he's changed they're like oh look you've got a man bun and he's like oh no it's my twat not like that made me jump and like these just feel like really relatable characters and that's what i yeah. like about them but when teddy joins back we get that amazing like oh like you've got a 10 minute warning um come mm. up for the end of your session which at that point there is 10 minutes left of the movie it's just these nice little callbacks to the fact yeah, that, I like that we are it feels like we are on a laptop and like hmm. it feels like we are involved with it because it's like whenever we see Haley doing anything through her computer screen it feels like we're controlling the mouse to change the settings hmm. um and I really like that. And I mean, I'm just going to give props as well to uh, his name. Uh, to Edward Linard, um, who played Teddy. Um, so he was actually brought in. He wasn't part of the friendship group. So he was actually brought in. And so was Ginny. Um, I was really, I love the fact that he kind of comes back into it just at the point where it's just like, and he's like, oh, you look a bit of a state and everything like that. And he just thinks it's all this big prank. But I'm so proud. He did his fire stunt himself, which I think, he? again, he did his full face burn himself. Um, wow. I've actually, I've actually used the stuff that they use for mm. body burns in um, movies. It's this like really, it's this second skin gel. It's very mm. strange. It's very thick gel that you put on your body and you can ignite it and it helps to keep your skin underneath cool, but you can't feel, I mean, you can kind of feel the heat coming off you because I mean, fire burns at 2000 degrees, but yeah, he did that full face burn himself. He was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I mean, they wow. had to because they, because of, um, lockdown restrictions and everything like that they weren't allowed to get loads of crews or anything like that and it had to be like bare minimal people to get this stuff done and again I just think that's testament to why this movie is so good because it really shows what you can do with a small amount of people they committed um, to it yeah they really really committed to it I mean there were some stunts where they had to get teams involved mm. like um, Alan falling down from the ceiling that is a great jump scare as well because yeah. but again because you hadn't noticed the legs 
the first time. Mm. But if you went back and watched that scene, like that little sequence again, it makes it that little bit more impactful, I think, because you're shown the whole time where he is. And they're like, oh, mm. where is he? And like, you can just see his legs like dangling in the background. But like when he fucking falls, because you don't see anything, he just falls straight out the top of the camera. But like Lucky 13 Studios had to actually come in and build a full on rig. And this is the thing. Again, it's not a set. Like this was actually Regina's flat. Mm. Like they had to build a whole set uh, rigging system and they got a, it was a stunt performer who did Alan's drop. Um, so it wasn't actually Alan. He kind of got away from it, Scott Brew. Um, and I mean, I just really like that as well. And Emma's stunt when she falls out of her window, the stunt performer with that was actually Ginny, Teddy's girlfriend. She's actually a stunt oh. performer and she did Emma's stunt. Oh, and I was watching how they did that because it's really well done because like Emma throws her camera out the window. She throws, she throws her phone out the window. We see like kind of the phone spinning and it lands in the grass. Mm. And then we see her kind of fall out and she smashes through a bench. But they did, they had a huge rig built over the top that um, Ginny was suspended from and they dropped her down into the bench. So she actually went through this bench. Um, but they did that and then they had to remove, um, so in like the visual effects artists had to go in and they had to remove the rig and then they had to uh, remove all the wiring. They had to re-angle the camera to make it like that. And then they edited in all the grass to make it that bit more believable. Okay. So I think it's just like, yeah, a lot of, I mean, because that's the thing. We're called crafting chills. So a lot of the time it's like the work that goes into a movie making it scary. And I think, I think this and given the time when it was filmed, like over a lockdown, it's like, I think at that point as well, I think people did feel a lot more vulnerable. We were, we did feel a lot more isolated. So I feel that to me plays into this just that little bit more. It's like, this mm. is like one of like, because like you think about it, like Zoom calls on Friday nights were like the, the thing that got you through the week because we couldn't work or anything like that, you know, or like some people work from home and it was like, you looked forward to those moments. And then just the fact that this just happens on a Friday night, like it's kind of sad. And that's the thing. It's like, they weren't that like, they couldn't be there for their friends. They're just watching this all play out and they physically yeah. can't do anything. And I think that, if you just put yourself in that situation, I mean, I know you're not sold on this one, but I mean, just to me, I mean, I just really like, like I said, I'm a sucker for found footage. I love found footage movies that people hate, but I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I just, I really appreciate this genre because they've got so many limitations hmm. as to what, uh, like a normal, I mean, I say a normal movie, but like a kind of a bigger budget, not even budget, but like a bigger production of a movie can do, if you know hmm. what I mean. And I mean, there are some movies coming out that we know, like The Outwars. I'm very excited for that one. And yeah, mm. I'm, I don't know, I'm rambling. So. I guess to me, the, absolutely everything you're saying about the construction of this film is stuff that I go, I like that. I like hearing that. I'm fascinated about the way the film was made. And I have a lot of respect for what they've done. Like, this isn't a film that, you know, for as, as much as like it was a quick film to make. It's not a film that a lot of time and effort wasn't spent on, you know, like yeah. it clearly is. Um, and coming out of it, Blumhouse and Sam Raimi contacted Rob Savage and they want to work with him. And that's amazing. Rob, Rob Savage is now he's just wrapped up um, the adaptation of The Boogeyman by Stephen King. He's directed okay. that. And he's got two new movies coming up, which sound actually really interesting. But yeah, mm. I mean, because of this, we've seen that like people recognize like, oh, this guy's got some good ideas. We, you, know? you know what? And 
during during lockdown and during like the the height of the pandemic there was a whole thing about basically people in the creative industry going you might need to retrain you might just need to go look you're not making money from photography or dancing or whatever it was you're gonna have to do something else so to see creatives not only flourish during this period but to continue Mm. on with that is like i love that it doesn't Mm. matter that like this isn't a film that I'm going to probably watch again anytime soon. But yeah. that doesn't mean that I'm not extremely happy for Rob Savage and anyone else that was involved in this film if they're doing well as a result of it. I love mm. that and more power yeah. to them. Um, I guess for me, it's like there are some of the some of the plot contrivances for like how the technology works in this is just the modern day version of the person who falls over when the killer is chasing them and refuses to stand back up. And, you know, we all get annoyed by those things. You know, you take, you make allowances for them, but you get annoyed. So it's things for me, like Teddy rejoins the zoom call, even though that's not how zoom works, you have to be invited in. So unless someone says accept, they can't let him in, but he does Mm. for the sake of the film. You know, actually, most of the characters do leave at some point and then come back in. Mm. Um, the The death scene with Emma, where she um, she lands on the table, I have to admit, I laughed at it because it felt a little bit like watching like a Hardy Boys Swanton Bomb go wrong. Because it yeah. was just like, <laughs> and I was like yeah. oh, fuck, that was kind of accidentally funny. Um, and when. Gemma breaks into the house uh, for Haley. And she gets hit. She gets hit in she the head with a bottle. Hit in the head with a bottle that is so comedic that there is because yeah. no, the noise is just like donk, and she, then she's just on the floor. I was like, Jesus Christ, what was that? Yeah. Um, that bothered me. And the one last thing I want to say is that I did not appreciate. <laughs> oh God, I'm hearing myself, and I'm just like. You could have just stopped talking and just let the film be its own thing, but I'm going to say it. Um, I did not appreciate the post credit scene. I didn't like that. I thought that mm. was cheesy and tacked on. That's me. Fair enough. That's me. <laughs> just like, I didn't need that. I've just watched the film. You don't need to show me a fake second film you've done and tell me that it was real. Because it clearly yeah. wasn't. <laughs> but I did like... <laughs> I did like how the credits were put in the Zoom In the Zoom frame. thing. I, th- I thought like, that was really creative. And like the sound <laughs> the sound guy as well, like his camera was turned off and it was just his mic. Like that was a nice little touch. Oh, that's brilliant. All right. I and like Radina that. was still muted. I like that okay. one because Radina was like always muting herself. So they put her muted on it, yeah. which was really cool. But I mean, this is like, I mean, this is something that's kind of cool as well that came out of Host. Um, so Rob Savage isn't involved. Um, but there's actually a real-time live-action horror game coming out because of Host. Okay. And it's called Ghosts. So it's a Kickstarter, and um, it features... Um, so the game has been written and de- uh, directed by one of the writers, Jed Shepard, and mm-hmm. the game is going to star Haley, Gemma, Emma, uh, Redina, and Caroline. Cool. And the actresses are in a new teaser for the game, which features creature design um, fabricated by Jim Henson's puppet workshop, which mm-hmm. is something amazing. But like in the game, you play a TV produ- producer for a show called Host, uh, Ghosts, which features a group of ghost hunters that explore various haunted locations. Mm. But it will only be playable at 10 p.m. in time zones around the world. And if you turn mm. the game off before it's over, all your characters die. 
So it's like a live, it's like a real time thing. And it's almost Ooh. kind of bringing that found footage thing like into a game and makes it real time. And I just think it's exciting that like such a small idea that which literally started off as a prank, like turned hmm. in. I mean, it got mentioned on like Times Magazine. It got mentioned in Times Magazine as like one of the 17 movies you need to see this summer because of this movie shudder really got pushed out into the mainstream you know what i mean and it's like just think i mean if this is a film that like some people are like undivided on i mean he followed up with another movie called dash cam and i watched that and that is an absolute what the fuck is going on movie um <laughs> but that's a bit of a wild trip and again that's like a technology related horror it's like a screen capture that one's really good fun mm. um but one of the most annoying um protagonists of all time I will say that now. Okay. But I just think it's interesting that like the little film that could, and it's like, mm. I, I like, I like this kind of idea of like techie horror. I really like it. Cause like you said, like horror is a villain and like people portray, like portray and perceive technology to be evil. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, if you took like all the technology that we have away, it's like, it's like back to like cooking with sticks. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. it is really interesting. And I don't know. I, I I like the impact. I think it left its mark and I'm excited to see what Savage comes out with next. I mean, his two new movies sound really interesting. So I, I just, yeah. take no stance against this film holding its place as a culturally important film, especially of, of the modern era. Like it mm. is. And I would not stop anyone from watching it. I'd be like, if you want to watch a film that will scare you, this will do it. Yeah. Um, do I and, and I you know I've already made all of my points necessary to talk about like how I I feel about it, but it's just like no, it does what it says it's going to do, and that's that's fine. I think the hyperbolic statement of scariest film ever made yeah. is something that just upset me personally because I mm. feel like I am searching for a film where I go that was fucking terrifying. I never mm. want to watch it again, not because of the kind of simplistic tropes of going i know i can scare you by doing this like yeah hell i could just give you an audio file and go i oh, listen to this song and then like yeah. 20 seconds into it just explode the audio so it's incredibly loud you're like that was horrible I'm like ah see i scared you and you go I got you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so what or mm -hmm. i could go read this story like read this good creepy pastor i bet you won't sleep tonight and you go shit that really that affected me on a deeper level that's the kind right of, now. <laughs> that is what I want the scariest yeah. film ever to be. Yeah. Not something that is, you know. Well, who knows? Could 2023 be the year that a movie comes along and knocks Post off its high horse? I mean, if... we've seen a few trailers and I'm like, that could bloody do it. You know, you know, in the South Park episode where they're. Um... We bring up South Park a lot. <laughs> do we? Yeah, okay, we do. Well, I think we mentioned the, it. In the South Park episode where they're all playing um, like Lord of the Rings and yes. they've got uh, they got the porno, um, yes. And Token watches it and then he comes out and says, like, "I'm not playing anymore." Yeah, and that's that's all he says, right? Yeah. I kind of want to watch a horror film that makes me come back to you with this podcast. Guy, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, too scared. Don't care. It's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's until, the goal. Well, to yeah, be scared of doing the... a podcast. Hmm. Oh dear. Okay, so you know. If it's one of those things again, fifty minutes, like just just watch it. Yeah, that, honestly, it's, that it's, I guess that's my thing. I, just watch it. 
yeah i mean i would say definitely watch it it is it is uh kind of like you said it is like a land it is one of the like landmark time stamps in the horror like kind of timeline and it mm. is i do feel that it's going to bring around like it i mean it already has kind of started bringing around because we did see a lot more techie horrors come out after that we had things like spree and we had dash cam and stuff like that and because again we live not i'd say happily 90 percent of our lives via and especially because of the pandemic we live it all online we live it through technology especially mm. with communication it is a really fun medium because this is something that everybody can relate to because yeah, we all have to true. use zoom we all have to use our phones we all use laptops to communicate with each other and i just think it was really brave tackling mm. that and putting a spin on it like definitely and, but. And i love the way you put it before as like the little film that could i don't think that they made this film going we want to be recognized as scientifically the scariest film of all time no it was they just, just some friends to... that went let's just make a film it'll be fun we like making films and they just yeah and, they and came i mean out with all... this and it's gone where it has yeah and like all and the actresses that. were just like oh this gives us something to do over lockdown you know it kept them yeah. busy for three months <laughs> like, hey, well, they got well, paid two weeks. fucking happy days so yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i mean and hey, i hope they like... did and Rob like, yeah. Savage. <laughs> and like they're involved with this horror game now, which is really exciting, you know? And it yeah. is it is just really nice for them and that's to it. do. I will have infinite love for the creative process and people doing yeah. this. You know, like I said, um I don't know if I told you I, I told some people I went to I went to a live production um mm. thing in Jersey the other day and I didn't care for it at all. Um but I would happily pay to go and watch whatever the the people put on next time. And if for 10 nights in a row, I watch a different show that is live and I hate them all, I'd still keep going because I want to give this space money. I want to see people doing things. I'd mm. much rather the art center is putting on shows than not putting on shows. And if me paying to go and see stuff helps towards that, then sound. And, you know, this film doesn't need my money at this point, but to go, you know what? I appreciate young creatives. I appreciate people creating these kind of things that's great that's just an altruistic good i'm glad this film exists and i want people to go and watch it that's yeah. the truth that's the truth nice little, nice little tie-in to the uh podcast yeah. network as well <laughs> isn't I like it that. yeah little see it happens um yeah. cool so, yeah. well that is that then um we've already kind of dropped the hint that old grave encounters will be coming up is that our next film or have we got something different? That's our next film. That is well, our, next, our, next our next film yeah. is Grave Encounters. Encounters. Ooh, yes. I'm excited to watch this. I've This is a film I've watched, I think, three times. So that's Ooh, quite rare for so, me. So, yeah, so <laughs> out of all the films, this is like your big contender going in because this is Probably. the one you've seen the most. Probably. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to chat about it. But um, yeah. that is next, that's next week's episode. That's next week. So oh, yeah. thank you everyone for sticking around and listening as always. Um, yeah. Nick, it's been a pleasure. I hope I haven't Same. destroyed. Your... No, it's all good. <laughs> Everything's fine. We're all. I'm good. all worried about one of the films coming up. That's like if you I don't know. like one that's coming up, I will <laughs> weep. I will absolutely okay. weep. Well, so yeah, and that and that will be fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just viewer. me crying for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the film. <laughs> like the film. Yeah. <laughs> right All well right. that is well, us thank you to stay everyone stay spooky stay spooky we like to say, I can't, that's our little tagline <laughs> uh, bye bye crafting chills is part of the i'm glad you exist podcast network support the podcast by following us on instagram at i'm glad you exist Give us a review or rating on your listening platform of choice and tell at least one friend about us. 
You can follow Nyx on Instagram at Nyx underscore Nocturna. That's N-Y-X-X underscore Nocturna. And you can find me at John Leo, which is J-O-H-N-L-I-O-T. Shout out to Freya Steele for creating our cute and creepy episode artwork. Find her on Instagram at FV underscore S-T-E-E-L-E. And big thank you to Sam Delano for writing, performing, and recording our theme song. 